Hello, friends. Today, we've got an awesome guest, my man, Jason Ellis. Jason Ellis is a host of Sirius XM show that is really cool. He's had me on his show. I mean, he's had just about fucking everybody on his show. Longtime uh, professional skateboarder, was on the Tony Hawk tour, and is a huge fan of MMA and boxing, so started training in that as he retired from the skateboarding game. And he's just a fucking fantastic human. He's one guy that I've really gotten to know over the years. Uh, of course, heard him first on the Aubrey Marcus podcast, met him out and on it. And uh, he invited me last year out to Ellis Mania, where we got to fight each other for charity, which was super fun for me because I was on the, the winning end of that. But um, he's just a fucking beautiful guy. We spent some time in Cabo together this year with a bunch of friends and Aubrey and just um, I can't speak highly enough about this person he's he's uh he's an amazing guy and we have a great time chatting it up back out in venice today's show is brought to you by on it we've got an on its brand new hydrocore bag it's the best workout anytime anywhere just add water the hydrocore bag uses the power of water dynamics to build stability strength and explosiveness like no other training tool fold it up and take it on the road for a workout you can do anytime anywhere no heavyweights necessary. When you lift the HydroCore bag, it wants to keep going in whatever direction you are moving it. The water inside, it sloshes around, and your shoulders, hands, hips, and core have to work to stop it from pulling you out of position and breaking form. Overcoming all that inertia builds head-to-toe stability, the kind you need to hold on to a resisting opponent if you're a fighter. Lift heavier weights if you're a gym rat, and prevent injury if you have a history of low back pain. To learn more, go to onnit.com slash Kyle. Today's show is also brought to you by Vital Farms. These guys are the best. They're actually working right down the street from us in Austin. And we've been using their eggs and their grass-fed butter for the last couple of years in the Onnit Cafe. They are absolutely incredible, and they're dialed in to the care and welfare of these animals. Bottle Farms, the pasture-raised pioneer that brought you pasture-raised eggs in the black carton, believes that great geese starts with a better butter, and that it all starts with the cows. Pasture-raised cows that are raised to graze on actual pastures like cows should be. Ghee is a clean and versatile butter oil for every culinary need. It's made by cooking down butter to remove the water in milk solids, clarifying, if you ever heard of clarified butter, which means it's lactose and casein-free. Now, this is a big one for a lot of people who deal with dairy issues. It's something we, we often overlook. Ghee gets around that. It gets around that because a lot of people have issues with casein, not just the lactose. And this is one of the ways that we can increase really high-quality fats and fat-soluble vitamins is by getting in this delicious ghee. It's got a high smoke point, so it doesn't burn or chemically alter at high heats, making it great for frying and sautéing. And it's equally delicious on toast, even though I don't eat toast, in coffee or drizzled on popcorn. And I don't eat popcorn. What I do is I put it on my steak. And these guys have a fucking amazing squeeze bottle. I like convenience, just like the next guy. They have a Himalayan salt one and a regular flavor I'll just dump that on the top of my steak when I'm done. Sometimes I'll throw it in my coffee if I'm on the run. I'll put it in tea at night. I just put it anywhere I can. I'll throw it in eggs, and that might be the best damn thing to do is to get some Vital Farms eggs and throw the ghee on top of the eggs when you're done cooking it after you've cooked it in the ghee. So you get a little extra. All the good fats. You shouldn't have to sacrifice quality for convenience in the kitchen, and that's why Vital Farms is launching the first ever Ghee in a squeeze bottle, as mentioned, the complex goodness of ghee is even more convenient and ready to dispense, no spoon required. Look for Vital Farms Ghee in a squeeze bottle exclusively at Whole Foods Market, an original in Himalayan pink salt, 
and visit vitalfarms.com slash G. That's vitalfarms.com slash G-H-E-E for a chance to win Onnit products and a year's supply of Vital Farms ghee for free. And our last sponsor of the show today is a really cool new sponsor to the show, Caldera Lab. These guys make one of the best products I've ever used that I really, to be perfectly honest, was not really looking for. It was a product that, how should I put this? I don't really use facial products. Uh, I've, I'm obviously coming from the director of human optimization and somebody who works for Onnit, which is all about health and wellness and not putting garbage in or on our bodies. It's very important for me to have something that is uh, of the highest quality. And these guys are that. Caldera Lab is a company that's conscious. They are a B-certified corporation, and that's the only men's skincare line certified by MadeSafe, EcoCert, PETA, and Leaping Bunny. Whether you're tackling dry skin, acne scars, wrinkles, or just want you to do you and invest in healthier skin, this is the one product I would use. In just two weeks, my skin was much smoother and firmer. But to be perfectly honest... I really don't give a shit about that. What I care about, and trust me, it does work, but what I care about is the feeling I get from it. The first time I put this on, it smelled incredible, and it was invigorating. It was something that I just thought like, oh, sure, I'm going to smell pleasing from this, but it woke me up. It actually energized me when I put it on my face. And as a side effect, my face looks a little bit better. And as a 37-year-old who was punched in the face for eight fucking years, that's pretty important to me. So I really love these guys. I think they're doing great work. And the world needs more products like this. The world needs a lot more cosmetic products and facial products and soap products to actually get on board and make clean products like this one. It's a non-toxic natural serum made 100% from plants. I really do look and feel my best when I use it. So they've got a special offer right now for the Kyle Kingsbury podcast audience. You'll receive 20% off your first Caldera Lab purchase of the good. And the good is the name of the product that I've been using. So go to calderalab.com slash Kyle or use code word Kyle at checkout. That's C-A-L-D-E-R-A-L-A-B.com slash K-Y-L-E for 20% off your first order. And I guarantee you're going to love this because I've just been blown away by it. It's an amazing product and it makes me feel good. And I guarantee it'll do the same for you. All right. Without further ado, my man, Jason Ellis. We're clapped in. I saw that. Pull that thing up to your mouth. Who, what thing? Oh, this thing? You they, tell me how to use a microphone? <laughs> you like that? <laughs> That's awesome. There's a nice little jab, Straight right? up the bat. I'm going to show you do some kettlebells afterwards, you fucking asshole. <laughs> That's awesome. Put it to my face. <laughs> it's still away from you. It's fucking close enough. I'm really loud. See? I know what I'm doing. You don't. Quit buttering his nuts, Ryan. Enough. I'm very piercing into a microphone. I know. That's good. Hey, well, I'm over job. here and I'm still fucking annoying as hell. Yeah, but you start looking around the place, we're going to have audio loss. Dude, this is not going to go well. <laughs> if you're going to critique my fucking radio skills from the start. Well, let's, let's uh, I, I know, I, I'm not certain of who listens to my show, other than the fact that I think it's like 80% dudes. Oh. But, I, but I am nearly positive that a vast majority of Aubrey's listeners listen to this show. So I don't want to, as much as I want to, have that same show i don't want to have that same show does okay. that make sense yeah i'm looking forward to that yeah because yeah. Of the fact that your show on aubrey's was really what made me a fan of you and we'll link to that in the show notes so we don't have to rehash it but like that really was a fucking beautiful show that you did with aubrey cool thank you 
Yeah, I'm glad we're not going to talk about that. That's awesome. <laughs> let's talk about we're going to talk about fighting and shit. Yeah, let's talk about fighting and shit. Cool. And let's also talk. I do want to get you know we just had your boy Matt Cuthbert on the show right before you, did? you. Yeah, I love him. He's such a great guy. Right, such a great guy. But I do want to get kind of the at least the background on how you got into radio and all that, and and you know your appearances on Stern and what that led to you having your own radio show and getting here with podcasting. Okay, uh, radio was more of an accident i did say one time when i was younger that i felt that i had the potential to move into radio because i always knew that i could talk i was always a bit of a talker uh but that was more of a joke that i would make you know like oh when i retire from skateboarding i'll be in radio and then it was just flat out tony hawk got a radio show and i was it was a odd relationship where i was more of a uh a, a party kind of uh I wouldn't say punk rock because I wasn't into punk rock. I was into metal, but I was definitely a dark horse of skateboarding. And Tony Hawk is the Tony Hawk of skateboarding. And me and him became friends because he's kind of a sick fuck. Like he's kind of into really tweaked humor and stuff. So me and him became friends. And then he said to me, do you want to be a co-host of my radio show? I'll pay you. And I was like, why would I not want to do that? That sounds awesome. And... I didn't know that he thought that I'd be good at it, but the day I did it, the first day I did it on his show, as soon as I started, I, I knew it. I was like, oh, my God, I'm good at this. And I remember skateboarding and all the other things that I've dabbled and given my, my life to to try and figure out how to be good at it, and all of them were way harder from the start than this. This was the first thing that I ever did where I went, I'm like Tony Hawk on this. Like, this is natural to me. Skateboarding was a prick. I sucked at it. I was the worst at it. I just kept going. So when I did that, and then the bosses were there because they were there to kiss Tony's ass, they were like, who the fuck is this guy? And then one of the guys said, hey, man, you're doing really good. Turn it up a little bit after the break. Let's see what you got. And I remember thinking it was it started to feel like I'm being uh, used as an athlete again. Like, mm. um, they're like, this guy's got something. And I was like, do I? Like, oh man like cool i'm cool am i cool again i've got a gift again so and it was one that was uh you know you know I, you know, longevity like you're an athlete that whole thing where i was like i don't want to stop being good at skateboarding it's tough to get over i really didn't want to not ever be really good at that but it happens and then radio i was like man i might be able to die doing this yeah, like you it's could, not even that far fetched that I could just be like, rah, 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 you know, and fucking die. That was my job all the way. There's a lot of old farts on the radio, even on TV. Look What's at how that? long I'm a guy. Started. Yeah, He's got a fucking farm, <laughs> cowboy. Rah, rah. <laughs> just tell, it's, does whatever he wants. That's that sounds cool. Hell yeah! When'd you get with uh, Sirius? That was it. It was his show was on Sirius. Oh, okay, yeah, so, so you I've already had on, the in. I've never been on terrestrial radio. I Very don't know cool. how that works i've been told by my bosses that i don't realize how lucky i have it because in terrestrial you have more bosses and you obviously can't talk the way i talk so from the start it was i didn't have any terrestrial ability which kind of made it more attractive to listeners i think because you got serious xm and there was this guy that talked like he'd never been on radio before before podcasting was big so you know fuck this and blah 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 about my life i was very honest from the start so i think that's why it worked, but it was a music channel. I got a DJ job. I was just supposed to talk in between songs for like one minute. And then I kind of just talked longer and I kind of get yelled at and I didn't really care because I was still a skateboarder. So 
I was like, fuck you. Yeah, and you're a I suit. Just, <laughs> I talk longer, yeah. And then I had a meeting in New York, and I was like, I'm sick of everyone fucking telling me to stop talking. Everybody calls. Everyone says they want me to keep talking. Why don't you just let me talk? And he just said, all right, how long do you want to talk for? And I was like, I want to talk, like, an hour, and then play a song, and then another hour. He's like, okay. And I was like, really? He's like, yep. I'm like, okay, well, I'll see you later. Yep, see you later. I'm like, fuck, did that just happen? And that was it. Just kept going and turned into a radio show. And I had a really giant attitude where I told everybody, fuck you. I'm going to give a fuck and I'll play this and I'll do that. And every, all the bosses hated me. And they didn't fire me. And everybody just freakishly listened. And I had ton, like millions of people that listened accidentally from like uh, me talking about fucking Slipknot cereal and shit. Just being super high and saying weird shit. And you, you, I mean, my, my brother-in-law, a lot of people got turned on to you through Howard. How'd you get hooked up with Howard? I got, uh, there was a comedian friend of mine, Bob Levy. He's like an older guy, East Coast, like really weird, like tough guy comic, like old school version, I feel. And he was on the show a bit and he was friends with Stern and been on the Stern show a bunch. And he said, I was trying to get on there. And he's like, you got to pitch him a bit. And he came up with the idea, not me. I would wish I could take responsibility for it. But he was like, you should try challenging, uh, Another guy on there who was also uncircumcised. So how many M&Ms you can put in your foreskin. You know I mean? They'll, they'll love it. Aubrey loves this. Right. Oh, yeah. No, I keep forgetting that that dude brings that up. In Aubrey front of up. girls to make me seem like I would be fun in bed or attractive. He used, like, he looks at me like, I just gave you a compliment in front of these ladies yeah. by saying you put candy in your dick and spin it around on a Howard Stern show. I'm like, I don't feel like everybody wants to fuck that guy. But whatever. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's man. working. He put all kinds of put tires in there. Just keep saying. Stuff. Yeah, he, he always ups the ante. He's yeah, yeah, like yeah. 50 peanut M&Ms or, yeah. or 50 golf Jolly balls. Jolly Ranches, whatever you want to <laughs> yeah. say. But uh, yeah, so he pitched it. Well, he said pitch that. And as soon as I did, they said they love it. And we want you to come and got flown in and got like a bunch. They do like uh, interviews before the interview, like three. Oh, wow. Yeah, very serious. So I was like, man, this is really crazy you know and it was kind of uh it's that same skateboarding to me i was like this is i got uh put in with the big dogs and this is where i go right now like this is everything to me like i was so fucking nervous but also super amped like i did push-ups in the green room i was not fucked which was sucked because it made my dick smaller yeah, i, I didn't realize that <laughs> but at the same time i was like i was so past Try, I just wanted to, sh I wanted everyone to listen to my show by doing so good on the Howard Stern show. That was the fucking whole point. So my penis didn't really count. Maybe when I first took all my clothes off and it was like in front of Stern, I don't take my clothes off in front of people. I kind of do now, but not then. And I'm just like, man, I can't believe it's, I'm doing this. You know, like this better work because this is a tad humiliating. <laughs> You know, like some dudes like trying to hold my foreskin to get more M&Ms in there. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I hope this is a really successful thing, you know, because you can't tell. It's just those people in there. They're laughing, but I don't know. But I tried to be as funny and as quick-witted as I could involving while my dick was out, you know, and I felt like they liked it and they wanted me back. And people started listening to the show more because they were like, hey, man, that was really cool. Didn't even know you had a show. So that yeah. helped a lot. And then he had me on a couple of times. So that that goes a long way too. That's awesome. And when did you start your podcast? 
Because you had electronics first, and then yeah, I didn't even want to do that. But Aubrey said you should have a podcast. I'm like, I have a radio show. He's like, you should have a podcast too. Wouldn't hurt. You could make some extra money. And I was like, really? He's like, I'll pay you. I'm like, oh, well, then yeah, I'll have a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So I had a podcast, and I was with Tully, and then I was gonna have Kevin on it, another guy that works on the Jason L show. And I was like, we're going to do it at my house. And they're like, yeah, I don't want to go to your house. And I'm like, okay, well, it's for money. That's you were, so well. I was going to pay you. You could be 20 miles away yeah. from somebody. And they're like, no, no, no. That's going to take an hour and a half to get to you. It's the, And we're talking, they were three miles away. But anyway, <laughs> I said, okay, well, then I'll do it by myself. And it was kind of scattered. No real plan. Just busy doing my other show, you know? And then I would just do this by myself for an hour. And I just didn't think it was that good. I felt like I needed more organization i felt like there was a social media part of it that was missing and the more i the more i focused on it the more i was trying to find a change and that's where my catherwood came in because i know him to be a great radio personality a talented guy who uh you know we started lifting weights together and i talked to him about the podcast thing he's like i know these guys control forever that do like crazy media and visual and blah 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 and i was like man we could talk to them he's like i'd do a show with you and i'm like you would and then I thought, I don't want to half-ass anything, you know? Yeah. So let's just fucking go as hard as we can. And as soon as we started, I don't think we really knew what we were going to do. But I think it's starting to evolve into something that um, might not be the most popular avenue. But I don't care about that. Like, I don't do – I did that. I've done that more than you, more than anybody. I've been uh, trying to be popular my whole fucking life. I got it. I get it. I mean, it's pretty good. It's fun. I got some free shit. It's awesome. But it's not what it's about. I don't care anymore. And I and I got a job, so I don't have to. I don't have to uh, uphold any shit for you. I I can just give it to you the way I want to give it to you. If you don't like it, don't listen to it. Okay. Yeah. But this shit is trying to help people. I feel like Catherwood is one of those people who's a straight man that really understands that community, like the gay and and lesbian and trans people, and is, has a really kind heart for all walks of life. So it makes him super understanding and and he wants to dive into stuff that most of the time when I do shows, people don't want to get into that because it's not their cup of tea or whatever that is. And I get that, but I'm trying to help those people that you don't know about that think that nobody cares about them and thinks that they're wrong for existing. Yeah, so I think that's, that's a big one. I really one. like the podcast for that. We can do other stuff too, but that that bit I feel like is the most important part to me. Yeah, I was talking with Mike about the importance of that. Uh, Paul Check brought up this prostitute archetype, and I've, I know I'm beating a dead horse here to my listeners, but uh, the quick of it is the prostitute archetype used incorrectly is when you do something you don't like with no means to an end. You just continue it to do it. Yeah, like yeah. a 40-year-old stripper who knows nothing else, or even a fucking 50-year-old fighter who can't get out of the game. Right. right? There's no transitionary period. I'm going to do this as long as I can. And who gives a fuck about what happens after that? Then you have the prostitute archetype where you do the thing you don't like as a means to the end. That would be the stripper who saves up to go to college right. or, or whatever, any, any avenue, right? Um, but it kind of, it goes in tandem. Like you don't have to have the job you don't like and save up all the while to transition. That works too, but you could still do something. Maybe you'd like it, maybe you don't, but then you have your true passion on the side of that and that goes in tandem. And that doesn't even have to pay the bills, right? It could just be something you really fucking enjoy. And as long as you're doing that, you're able to be creative. You feel like you have a voice. Right. You feel like you can fucking express yourself in a way that maybe you can't in your everyday day to work. 
Right. I feel like if people don't use that creative, then they don't know it's gone. They don't know they were they were uh, supposed to be using it. Yeah. You know, like some people just get stuck in that little rut. I mean, a lot of people do where they're just like, I just do this miserable job and I take it every day and I wake up. It's not that great. Everybody else's life is probably better, but I'm still showing up and that's your existence. I'm not about that. You that's hard living. I know so many people in Australia that did that, you know, that made that inspired me more to, I got a job and I got a plane ticket and I got the fuck out of there. Cause I was like, I'm not going to do that. I could tell I'm not, I was always thinking of stuff. I was living in the complete opposite dimension of everybody else. I was like, go nine to five, go. I was like, I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to do, I'm going to create, going to do this. Very, I mean, I used to take time off school and just hide in an alleyway until from nine till three, no problem. Just sit on the ground and just think of skateboard tricks. I could just see them. You wouldn't practice skating? Well, I tried, you just visualize? I didn't want to get caught. Oh, okay. I, I mean, I, it was so ridiculous, but I was so bad at lying and stuff. So I just hid in the in this alleyway because I figured if I got on a train or something that somebody's parents or somebody might spot. So Jason on the train today and I'd be fucked. Yeah. I don't know yeah. how long that worked, but always daydreaming worked good. I could do that good. Yeah. Well, there is so much to that, you know, like visualization does fucking work. So that's really cool that that was kind of how you, how you put the practice work in. Yeah. I feel like it. I used to, I still use it. I, when I used to do really hard tricks, when I was really good, I would do it in my head over and over again on the deck. Just keep, you know, and I could talk to you while I was doing it. It's just in, I was seeing it, doing it, what your hand's going to do, when your timing is over and over again. And then that's why I would get super angry because it wasn't working out in my head. It wouldn't make any sense, but I'd be walking up and down on the deck super frustrated because I'm like, <laughs> I don't fucking know why. Pacey. You do that, you're going to get fucking knocked out. Damn it, think, figure it out. People, you watch some guys, they'll do stuff with their fingers and it's their legs. Like mm. you can see them going, <laughs> trying to figure out shit in their head. When did you transition uh, into MMA and start getting into more of the fighting background? Um, that's just from when I, when I did the radio show and started to have a job i knew that i couldn't but that was the end of you're gonna not get paid when people figure that out and i was already on my way out so i moved to temecula and to get a house because i got a wife she got pregnant and uh i found a gym because there was no ramp in temecula and i was like i gotta do something and i'd been getting into uh watching pride fights and i was super into uh ernesto who's and you know when he fucking beat Bob Satwari, he lost yeah. but just a leg kick. I wasn't even familiar with a man that could kick a leg and make a beast stop moving from a kick to the leg. Hoost is one of the greatest of all time, for sure. I was sure. so intrigued by this man and how he had this technique that stopped this giant. I mean, I've still never seen anybody more terrifying than that dude when he was in his prime, and that leg kick made that dude stop walking. And I'm like, i got to learn how to do that. And then I met Kit Cope mm -hmm. at Carrie and Alicia's wedding. And we became friends. And then I trained with him and Gina Carano. They taught me how to jump rope, taught me how to kick a heavy bag. This video of me kicking a heavy bag and it hurting my shin because I'd never kicked a heavy, you know what I mean? I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> no idea what's going on. And Gina Carano sparred me and kicked me in the head. <laughs> and he was saying crocodile, crocodile to her. And I'm standing there like an idiot going, the fuck does crocodile mean? Yeah, that's an Aussie reference. <laughs> Giant fucking leg tail hits me in the side of the head. I was like, oh, oh, okay, you guys are doing that. So that got me into that. And I used to drive to Vegas and train with Kit on the weekends. Got in, bug got me. Loved kickboxing. 
he would beat me up. I thought it was great. And then uh, I went to Team Quest because I lived in Temecula. Then Henderson I, spot. Yeah. yeah. And I just trained there. And, and every now and then I'd see, you know, Dan Henderson. And I was familiar with Pride and what he did to Vandalay not so long ago because it was around that time. And he walked by and I'm like, holy shit. The dudes that are on TV are in this fucking gym in Temecula? No way. And then Ryan Parsons, who was his mm -hmm. team guy, was, he knew, he was like, hey, man, you skateboarder? I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, you're pro skateboarder. I'm like, yeah, yeah. And then he's, he's like, what are you doing here? I'm like, training. I want to learn MMA. He's like, you should train with the, with the team. I'm like, really? Yeah, anytime you want. So now I'm just in team practice. And I'm at Mayhem. Sokaju. Sokaju was the first person I sparred. He's like, what? Yeah. And he's, Damn. And he's like, uh, you know, big fucking giant. And he's already sweating and shit. I don't know nothing, dude. And he's like, you know, you, just, you can throw some punches, throw some punches. And, he, and I threw it. He's like, you throw harder than that. Come on, come on. And I remember like throwing a right hand and hitting him. And he goes, oh, it's good. It's good. And me going, it's good. Who are these people? Just freaked out by you know, and then and then um, Mo Lawal was there learning mm -hmm. MMA with me. So it was like I was learning MMA with a guy that was so fucking further ahead of me every step because he was this crazy athlete who was this crazy wrestler. And he's like, incredible. Wrestler. what do you mean? How you do? Oh, like this? And I'm like, that doesn't, I don't do it like that. I love Mo, man. I got, I had a chance to train with him. He's always a student in the game. He just recently <laughs> retired. I know. I saw but that. Just a great fucking dude. He helped me a lot. He helped me like. We went through a lot. I broke up with my chick and he, uh, him and uh, Soa Palele were like being befriending me and be like, and Soa talking about being in prison and, hey man, the only person that came to see me was my chick, man. So remember, you got to hold on to that shit. And Mo like trying to help me. Like we became friends. Mo broke up with a chick once and called me and was like, what should I do, man? And I'm like, man, we're really like that. Mayhem, Gabe Rudiger, all those people I started training with, but they just let me in, dude. And I was, and I just became... I'm the the worst guy at team on the team of Team Quest and was super pumped on it. Yeah. We're doing sprints. And every Ryan would bring up every now and then, there's a fucking retired pro skateboarder over here. If you can't beat this guy, you shouldn't be here. And I'm like, <laughs> You're like, thanks for the vote of confidence. Yeah, everybody beat me. <laughs> but I beat Gabe a couple of times because he was so fucking lazy. That's why I thought I could beat him in the boxing fight in Alice Mania. That's how that whole thing happened. I said something on the radio about but you had so you had three professional mma fights is that correct not two two okay and then was that at ellis mania or was that oh just, you mean when i fought gabe yeah when i Were fought you, gabe i'd had one pro fight okay yeah. and you started when did you start putting together the ellis manias uh man that's got to be 12 years ago at least and it was just at fortune's boxing gym and the only reason i know fortune is because mayhem and rio chonin went up to hollywood and took me there to sharpen my hands because I'm on Team Quest and I'm doing what everyone else is doing. Like I got to shove my hands up for my fight that I'm never going to have because at that point I was just, I was just happy to. Ha I'm like, well, you guys are going to sharpen your hands. What the fuck does that do? Like, and then as soon as I met Justin, he's like, "How's it going?" I was like, "How's it going? Where are you from? Melbourne? Where are you from? Sydney?" Eh. And then me and him became outback friends, and I quit MMA and just became a boxer because. He convinced me that all that shit was for pussies and <laughs> jumping ropes for pussies, speed bags for pussies, warming ups for pussies, rappings for pussies. Um, what else was for pussies? 
a lot of stuff was for pussies. So, so you guys would just come in and spar? I just went to the gym and did this and sparred people like before work all the time. I did not know any other way. I did not realize until many years later that I was hurting my friends and I was hurting myself and I was being like super irresponsible with the sport because no offense to him. He's just old school. He didn't mean, he didn't want me to be a bad person, but I mean, when I sparred people and I'd go under the rope and he'd be like, Hey, knock this cunt out. And I go, what? it's 10 AM on a Tuesday. He, Knock the, he's, I, we all know him. And you didn't, he can't hear you say that. What kind of an asshole are you? I'm not knocking this. It's just weird that he would always do that. Yeah, I think, I think a lot of people in MMA and uh, certainly in boxing, like that, that old, there was an old school mentality there, you know? And then now we've seen the shift, obviously with all the fighters getting hurt pre-fight, specifically in MMA, like the week of or the week before. Oh. And, um, yeah, yeah, everything takes time to evolve. You know, football did. They used to have leather helmets, hockey, all that everybody. shit. Hockey, everybody. It's that weird thing where you got to say, oh, you kids don't even, you guys wear helmets. It's like, and then you got to feel bad because you're in this macho game. You got to feel bad or insecure for not having a helmet on. You know, like, oh, yeah, fuck, I guess I, I guess I am a bit of a pussy because I got a helmet on. It's like, well, what if I just want to remember tomorrow, you dickhead? Like, how am I, how am I a pussy because I want to recall my life? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, there, there's so much there because it's such a thing that gets overlooked. And I think when we get into things like that, it's not, you obviously understand you're going to sacrifice your body to do something you love right. and care about. Right. But there yeah. is like, it's still like, maybe I do pay attention to that a little bit, you know, just a little, like if I make sacrifice, I'm, I've got no problem making sacrifices, losing days of my, of my existence for the things I love. I, I did that for skateboarding. I love that more than anybody on the planet, I, more than any human, more than myself. All I wanted was to be good on that fucking skateboard. Dying for it, dying to win a contest, I would have done that a thousand times. If you was, if the, if if I try to get the like, I make a deal with the devil. Like I would go f- do it, take my soul, just let me win like three contests fuck my whole life for it so when you when you have that mindset when you're like 17 to 30 <laughs> it's not so hard to make you know like oh i'm gonna get hurt if i do this or i won't walk as much if i do mma more or you know kick people i'm like i'll until i really see like jujitsu i'm like okay i really see a thing where my knees from skateboarding my hips if i keep doing this I will like not be able to walk properly. Like I'll probably start to really waddle. I'm like, you probably should let that one go. And it wasn't like my passion anyway. So it's not so bad, but boxing, I, f- my, I can't kick as much anymore, but I can still use my hands and I can still move. I'm just, you know, and because I'm so old school, I was trained just to punch and stand in the middle. All these new things that I'm learning now, doesn't matter if I get older, I'm better every day. Cause I just never even tried to cut angles. Let yeah, we were we were in Cabo and you were talking about that, like that transition and and you know, giving the caveat of your age and your and your experience level and not thinking you're gonna rise in the ranks or anything like right. that, but just knowing like this is something I can continue to learn and be a student of that gives you great satisfaction. Amazing I think satisfaction. Me, you and uh John Beer were sitting on the boat on some substances on this yacht trading war stories and we, we it immediately shifted into how we hack flow because i think it started with meditation oh, yeah. remember that yeah so we we're talking about meditation and and um 
you know, just how you find quiet mind and like the greatest hack of all time for that is to find something you really love and enjoy doing. And then in that moment, you're not thinking of fucking anything else. It's the deepest quiet mind you can ever attain. But how boxing now is that for you? Yeah. No, I found, so I've always got to find one. It used to be people would say, oh, you're an extremist. You're always going to find something extreme. I'm like, no, I really don't like that word. And I don't, I'd rather be into golf because I realized the less, you know, I mean, the injuries are not really there, but I need, all I want is, is to find the thing where I'm in a meditation state. And for me, meditating is hard. If I can hit a heavy bag for 45 minutes, there's a bunch of meditation in there. Like if nobody disturbs me, I have one in my backyard. I can disappear. You know, every now and then I'll be like, I'm getting my arms getting burned or something, but the sun will make, remind me that I've been out there, but I'm just doing, you know, man, what if I can move my foot? And I'm like, no, that wasn't right. Keep working on that, that one and I'm gone. I'm gone in my little, in my little world, whatever it is. So you've, I mean, we've, uh, fuck, you've got a, I'm, I'm sure from skating, you've got more injuries than I do. Um, I'm going to um, Columbia. To get stem cell. Are you? What Again, are you going to do in Colombia? I'm getting stem cell on both my knees, my hip. Well, are they doing the baby dust? Doing who? What? The baby dust? What kind of stem cells yeah, are you yeah, getting yeah. there? The the, the shit that's not allowed cord. states. Oh, they have umbilical stateside. Okay. Okay. So it's like, probably cheaper there then. I they, really like, I got umbilical. Me. They did Chuck Liddell oh, recently and they're doing Matt Hughes right now. Okay. And they, so I, I know they're good people. I had stem cells in the left knee with umbilical and I think it was fucking incredible. Like absolutely incredible. Right. So there's certain Ben Greenfields tell me that there's certain types of stem cells that work better in different parts of the body. Like if you were going to go in the spine, you wouldn't necessarily use umbilical, and, and maybe that's right or wrong. But there are specific places okay. where it works more effectively. Right. But I love the umbilical. Yeah, because I had it out of the for the my own back, and they were explained to me that you're 47, and there's not as there's not as many stem cells. You don't have as many. Mm. So when we what we're injecting into you, there isn't really as much as say what we're going to give to you that you know the amount i don't know cc's it sounded like a fucking shitload of stem cell in all and then they're like well extra your hip and if that needs some as well because i my, i had some in my hip but we'll do that as well you know, okay i'm just, I'm just like cover oh, all the bases yeah five days just in columbia getting worked that'll that's, be awesome that's what keeps things stuck together because they are pretty loose it they it i was surprised how well it worked and how quick it worked we did um systemic in the vein we did in the knee, and we also did intranasal. What do you mean in the vein? Like I got plugged, fucking mainline that shit like heroin, and that's supposed to just go kind of where your body needs it. Yeah. Most of that, I think, goes to the gut to heal the gut because that's. Feel it? I definitely felt it, and here's how I felt it, and I, I couldn't tell. And I was talking with uh, Dr. Craig Conover, who's who's a. Uh, I don't need to name drop. He's 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 a doctor for a lot of who's who's in in. Um, health and wellness and and podcasting and whatever, but he's a great guy. He's, he's Aubrey and my, that's their go-to guy. But he, um, he, I don't know if he got this proto- protocol from Dr. Dan Engel, but, or maybe they're just doing the same thing, but they put like this six inch catheter down your, down your nose and it goes into your nasal sinus cavity, like you way deep. Yeah. And they screw, screw in, it's got a little hook. So it screws in the syringe and we had like one, milliliter of glutathione and then one milliliter of stem cells and you can feel the pressure build up in that side of the face Ah. as they do it and you have to lay back like it's this weird fucking angle you lay back to let it seep in and that's the other side and it's for cognitive function the idea that you're going to get this closest to the brain so hopefully the brain will will have more uptake of it oh but stem cells being there to help with cte and traumatic brain injury and those kind of things 
And one of the side effects that I wasn't really sure of, I remember I would talk, tell him every week, I'm like, bro, I fucking need like 10 hours of sleep each night. And um, Wait, you get 10 hours of sleep. I was, I had to, then I couldn't because of my son, but I'd go take like a two hour nap. Yeah. And uh, he was telling me that it's, it's kind of like you have, it's not like, it's not kind of like it is. You have these baby cells brand new in life, in your body. And when they take to become something, it's like they're growing for the first time. So mm -hmm. you need extra rest and you need to give them time to take hold. So it was so like the more pretty, you rest, the better it works. Yeah, and pretty light in the training during that time. I'd push myself here and there, test the knee, those kind of things. But it seemed like the pain in my knee went away overnight. And then over time was able, able to build better range of motion and, and follow the protocol. Yeah, I, I see like a whole new uh, goal in my life now from stem cell. Like at one point I was like, you're just going to keep running until it, I figured it was any day. I'd just be like, all right, dude, you got to stop. You know I mean, like, stop doing things where you're smacking yourself on the ground. But I don't feel like that now. I feel like, uh, what will I? What stunt will I do when I'm 60? You know, like, who will I fight? What's What's the jump gonna be like? Am I gonna shoot out of a rocket on the radio? Like, because <laughs> I don't see me stopping. I don't see why I would have to stop if I heard it. I'll just get. More stem, more stem cells, cells. <laughs> and then I and do more testosterone and more HGH and fucking go in the freezing water and the infrared and hip stretch flexors and fast a little longer. I just I just do all of it all day and I feel stronger and better than I did. It's I'm I feel like there was a I did antidepressants for like six years and I I felt like that kind of helped age me. Hmm. You know, and I and I also gave me this feeling that my body was indeed slowing down and could not keep going at the rate that I like to, like going to the gym every day and doing go to the ramp for a little bit. I, if I did, I'd be so sore that I'd have to not do stuff for a couple of days. But once I did the ayahuasca and did got off the meds, so, like sure, I got a better attitude in life because I went through a lot of shit in that three days. Because when I talk to you guys and all the other people that do it, it seems like what I did was. I didn't think it was bad, but it, it sounds like it was bad compared to, like, because all I had was three days of hard work. And I was like, it's, that's what I thought I was doing. Hard was going to be really, really tough. And then I was going to feel better after it. And then some people were like, man, it's amazing. I'm like, <laughs> I don't remember one moment of me going, this is ama amazing. It's not a word I would use. I'd be like, oh my God. Okay, okay. We just got back from Sultara and it was uh, me, Tosh, Christian, and, and Caitlin. And it was, it was, it was awesome. And I say that because of the fact that I, I appreciate the work, you know, and how hard it is. Because you were having, you were doing some work, the right? Fucking, yeah. My 20, it was 23 through 26, uh, 26 ceremonies. And my 25th was by far the hardest night of my life. By far. I didn't sleep one minute. I relived every fucking, it seemed, and I'm sure it's not every, but it seemed like every childhood memory that I had a problem with. Yeah. was not only revisited, but I, it unpacked in a way where it felt like it was happening for the first time. So like yes. the level of fear, the level of pain, the level of sadness. That's what it I was did. Like, it was like, fuck me, there's so much. And I was begging ayahuasca for mercy. That's what I was the doing. The whole night. And yeah. fucking so nauseated. I, I couldn't I puke, but times, I felt like I, I had like, to puke. Stop, just make it stop. I get it. I <laughs> say shit like that. Yep. Every now and then I'd, I'd get up and be like, stop. Okay, I'm sorry. Just stop it. And then I'd go back down and it'd be like, no, no, no. 
this is, it happened. It happened to you. You need to know that it happened here. I'm like, oh my. And then I'd say, okay, I got it. And be like, no, you don't. I can tell you don't. That's why I'm going to show you a little more, a little worse, a little close up. Yeah. I think that's an important piece to understand. Like, uh, you have to know when you go, it, it helps to know the full gamut of what's possible when you work with things that are that powerful. And for, for people that listen, they're like, oh, you know, all right, it's not for everyone. All right. Uh, you have to do some things in prep and, and, and you, I don't know, until you do it, you, you don't, you can't really know. But even in doing it, that's my, my whole point I'm making is that like I had 24 ceremonies where I, I went through some stuff. I worked on stuff. Some were beautiful, some were amazing in air quotes. Like people say, where it was like pure fucking euphoria and bliss and, and awesome visions of the future and our son being born and things like that. And then other ones were, were a grind. And then 25 ceremonies into it, it's like, all right, you're ready for this. And then it was, holy shit, it's so much. It's, uh -huh. It was almost too much until it finally, there was it to fade and, and the transition into gratitude and like, okay, I, I guess that's still the there. opposite and I need to do 25 before I have one of these good ones. <laughs> <laughs> I just do 25 off. Fuck, all right, I get it. Because I am worried about that. I did notice the third night because I really had, like I got something out like emotion-wise from seeing my dog and I started to fucking really cry and then uh, knowing all the other people that I had to face in that frame of mind because that was that made me hysterical and that's my dog you know I mean I lost my brother uh, my father all the abuse and stuff and that he died I don't want to see him but at the same time I know that if I do I'll be better for it and I'm on I'm thirsty for better I yeah. just want to be happier all the time so I kind of want to do that but that just knowing that I'm gonna have to do that made me really not look forward to doing ayahuasca again but at the same time no I know I'm gonna do it like whenever I don't have to go to work and you guys go, I'm going. And I don't expect to get a fucking free one. I don't expect to be like, oh man, finally I get it. I, I mean, that will be a really cool thing if it happened, but I expect, oh, you're back. <laughs> well, guess what? <laughs> I'm going to work. Like, All right. That's good. So you got off uh, SSRIs for the ceremony. Yeah. And I had the brain uh, zaps and all kinds of shit that made me really realize that I need to not get back on that. Because it was a and, big deal. Like and that I, was the last time you took them. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I mean, it was a month or maybe, yeah, a month it took me because I weaned off. Because mm -hmm. I tried to do it before and it, I would get angry or get sad and I'd get back on them because I didn't want to bum out Katie or anybody. I'm like, man, I, you know, nobody needs to be around this. I'll just keep taking them. But then the doctor that was prescribing me, he was like, why do you need to get off them? And I was like, because you said after a couple of years when I was better, I could get off them. He's like, but they don't hurt you. I was like, wait, so you're saying just stay on them forever? And then he's like, well, no harm, no foul. And he's like, you know, the statistics of when you get off antidepressants, how many people get depressed again? And I just started to, because I'm not like a book smart guy, but I can smell bullshit pretty good. Yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck, you're full of shit. I'm like, fuck this guy, I'm fucking get on ayahuasca right now. And, <laughs> and then I didn't even tell that dude. I just yeah. half- Two weeks, half, and then, you know, I mean, I could feel it. And then the brain zap things had happened at work. My friend who used to do Lexapro, I was like, what the fuck was that? And he's like, did you get a brain zap? And I'm like, what the hell's a brain zap? Why would you know that? He's like, you're getting off antidepressants, right? Lexapro, man, it used to happen to me. And then I told Katie and she Googled it. And then, yeah, man, you can, your brain will zap for like a month when you're trying to get off the shit. 
that makes you a little less you, made me fatter, made me lazier, made me, sure, I'm not like super bummed out when I get bad news, but that's never healing. Like I need to know the bad news. I want to feel the worst part about it, whatever it is, and deal with it, face it, not just be like, Man, it's not so bad. Well, you're really taking that good, Jason. Yeah, I fucking take everything pretty good. I don't really care about yeah. anything anymore. That speaks to so much in society, you know, like with some of the issues we have, not only just with the rise in SSRIs and antidepressants, but also the rise in pain medication. You know, like how we look at pain, how we treat pain, how we look at depression, how we treat depression versus like really finding that root cause. Like what the pain is the signal for me to pay attention to something going on in my body. And there's a million ways to go about that. But when oftentimes, unfortunately, when we go to the doctor, it's malpractice for them not to hook you up with the pain pill. Well, right? but, they, but you at the same time would prefer the doctor to give you the way out, to give you a way to dodge it. So it's not entirely their fault. No I feel doubt. like we're just instinctively wanting you to give me a warm blanket. Not, I, mean, I don't want the doctor to tell me to face shit. I want yeah. the doctor to give me a Band-Aid and make, make, tell me it's going to be better. That's what everybody prefers to have. It's like your instinct is to go, oh, God, I don't want to know about that. Let me just pretend that didn't happen and not not analyze it, not face that it might have done something to you. For a guy that like is just keeps peeling back the scars and trying to heal them and realizing that every time I do one, I'm like a happier person with just my day-to-day existence. Like the key, you know what I mean? The fucking key to my life, man, is like sometimes I'm just happy in my car. Sometimes I'm really happy when my kid is pumped on his new sneakers. That just wasn't a thing for me, man. I used to just be fucking dark all the time for no reason. And I thought it was cool. I was like, it's metal. <laughs> what the fuck are you so happy about, you pussy? You know, and I'm like, that's how I'm existing. Like a hard motherfucker. Bummed down all the time. And then I realized being angry is sad. So then I realized I was just a big sad guy. With a bunch of fucking scary tattoos because he's super scared trying to keep people away from him. I figured myself out. It's a little too late because I can't get this shit off. <laughs> this is all a fucking facade. This is all like I'm terrified because I don't trust anybody. You took something from me when I was a kid and I'm going to take it back. And if you try to take it again, I will fucking kill you. Like mentally fucking scarred, dude. Like I feel it when I talk about it. Like I'm going to fucking cry and kill somebody. Yeah. Somebody did me so bad, but it's not. It's over. I won. I don't need to do it anymore. Yeah. So you keep trying to find other reasons to be happy like you assholes. All you people in Mexico <laughs> smiling all the time. <laughs> fucking made me so thirsty. <laughs> you had a big smile. Maybe not when you were nursing that first hangover. <laughs> I was I was hurting after the first day. Yeah, that's tough. I was like, the, the, we had sort of paint a picture. You know, Aubrey hooked up this fucking beautiful experience out in Cabo for Whitney's 30th birthday. And we had like, we had a full staff at this house that were making drinks, I've never baristas. Seen it, yeah. it was, I've never been it was involved incredible. in anything like that. Our own chefs, the whole nine. And don't get me wrong, I don't live this way. I don't I don't I don't roll like that, but it was cool to be a part of. Yes, it was. And it was fucking unique. So you know we're out at the pool. There's not many clothes being worn. And uh, you know, this guy keeps coming back up to us with a tray full of fucking the most delicious margaritas yeah. I've ever had. I could I could taste the alcohols there's tequila, but it didn't taste bad. No, so I put, wasn't having a bad time. We put a few of those down. And I you know we're I don't know how old you are. 47. 47. Too old to have that many I'm 37. Yeah, I fucking felt it the next day. You got to pay for something like that. Yeah, it was the happiest I've ever been in that much pain. <laughs> so I was still happy. I was still having a good time. I didn't have a bad time at all. Even when I had one of those dip tobacco things that made... The snooze? 
Yeah, but I had one after I already did not feel very good. And that was the complete reverse. Like all of a sudden I was like, ah, why is that burning? It was like, and I'm like, oh, oh. I'm like, oh no, what have I done to myself? And I'm like, this is the worst I've felt the whole time. And then like super hot chicks were rubbing my back and stuff. And I'm like, it's still good. I feel like I'm going to vomit, but it's still good. I feel, you know I mean? I feel like I'm just, just, I just got this really bad pain in my stomach and my face, but I feel loved. So it's okay. Yeah. There was lots that of love there. Is amazing. I'm super in love with people from there. Hell yeah, brother. Some more than others. <laughs> no doubt. <sighs> well, shit, man. What uh, what else are we What else are we going to talk about here? Um, we, we touched ayahuasca. We touched fighting. Um, what are some of the things that you do now to just to enhance your quality of life? Um, well, I got a uh, infrared sauna and I got the fridge, the cold plunge. Oh I got no, it. shit! I got it yesterday. Awesome. Yeah, so I kind of haven't figured out how to do it. You haven't loaded it yet? Oh, I loaded it. I so loaded it's full it. of water. Yeah, and I put too much water in it, and I made it too cold. Okay, I that happened know. to me. I froze it to a stolid block yes, once. Yes, well, I didn't freeze it, but it didn't freeze. It looked great. And I did the sauna thing, and then I got in there, and I'm, like, watching the timer, and I'm like, I'm like, it doesn't, I don't start shaking usually in the first, like, 50 seconds. I'm like, this is way colder than it's supposed to be. What was the temperature you had it at? I don't have the temperature oh, thing come on, on it. It's I don't like know 10 bucks on Amazon for a little well, floaty one. I just one. got the fridge yesterday. Right. Somebody Google. Right. I, I posted last night me in it going, uh, maybe it's too cold. And then people started telling me about this temperature thing that you can put in your fri- in your freezer. And I was like, okay, well, I'll do that. But in the meantime, I yeah, I only did like a minute last night because I was like, you know, I don't, my teeth don't chatter. In the first minute, usually that's like way later. That's so. good though. You know, like it's, I think it's important. I'll let mine fluctuate between like 35 and 55. And if I'm going, if it's at 35, right around freezing, I'll get in there for one to three minutes, maybe longer if I'm pushing myself. In the mid 40s, that's where I like it most, like low 40s, then I can do five, 10 minutes. When I get to the 55, then I'll hit 15 minutes. But oh. the, you can scale it like that. So, it, yeah, but, but I think help it's Katie because she got back problems from that back surgery, and that's why I bought it. Because I was, I go to the spa and I do it, but then I realized she's really hurt and doesn't have that doesn't athlete have mentality. She doesn't, she doesn't see the purpose in it. I'm like, I'm better every day if I go in this cold plunge, and you have a you have back pain. Why are you not in it? Like you have to go in every day. So I made her get in it and then I realized that it was too cold for, but if I had it like the 55, I think I could get her to stay in there. And that's, I just want to warm her up. I don't want to go, you know what I mean? Lift all this shit, take this and then get in the freezing thing and feel the pain, focus on the pain. You know, you'll be a fucking man. Like I don't, she's not going to stay. I need this to be like a routine in your life. Like every morning, let's get up and do the infrared, get hot as hell and then get in there. You'll feel way better. Like, cause your back is, it's, it's pretty bad. She just went to the doctor yesterday. She might have to have like another surgery. Ooh, fuck, man. That's tough to hear. But it's up to her. She has a year to do something with it. And I try to tell her like there's a thing, you know, you can mentally make yourself better. Like if you think about it all the time, I would be thinking about having my back straighter and I would do things to make it feel less pain. And I would always think about it. Even when I'm talking to people, it's like I'm flat footed. So now I don't, I chant salsa music all the time. And when I'm talking to people and I'm standing, my toes are touching the ground on purpose and my heel is not because I'm thinking about making my feet faster all the time, even when it's not feet faster time. That's how you get better at stuff. 
Yeah, and there is like a really bad salsa dance. <laughs> I definitely want to talk about that because I forgot about it. Now you bring it up. I remember you telling me that in Cabo. Um, Try for hours, dude. For for in Katie, like it is. It's not just pain relieving. It's going to lower inflammation. Like so, yes. there is like a medical benefit to her to be in that. And you know, to your point, I remember I, I got this download before I put my dad through a mushroom ceremony, it, and the download was make him enjoy it like as best you can st still give him something where he can he can do the work because that was the whole goal right was to do the work with my dad um but don't blow the fucking rails off right. so it's a one and done and he'll yeah, never, so he never do it again, again right exactly you gotta in for people listening they're like well i'm not putting my dad through a mushroom experience that's totally fine but think if you introduce anyone to something new and just think back to any personal trainer you had from fucking 24-hour fitness or globo gym <laughs> They're like, oh, fucking crush that guy. And he'll be back for more because nobody's going to work him out harder than me. And it's right. like, no, bitch, that's unsustainable. Right. And people get super pumped on a life-changing move, but you don't realize that, you know, like if you're going to eat well for a little bit because you feel like you're fat, it's not for a little bit. It's supposed to be forever because otherwise you go back to the same thing of I got fat and I got to do this diet thing again. If you're sore every now and then, like I told my friend the other day, he said he's been sleeping well. I'm like, he's kind of out of shape guy. And I'm like, do you work out? No, no, I would never do that. And I'm like, what about, uh, let's say I was right. If, if you worked out and then you slept brilliantly that night, would you consider working out every day? And I could see that he wanted to say no. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, I would, that sounds fucking ridiculous. And I'm like, but you're, you're coming to me on the radio saying you can't sleep. And I'm giving you, potential one you could check it out i could be wrong but you're not even willing to check it out and even and then and then before we even check it out you've already admitted to me if it worked you still be like oh because you hate the the thought of working out it's like you maybe somebody did some really hard workout on you but if you just started doing something different like some people i can tell i love this guy he's a great friend i love will but he's not going to work out He's seen me get better. He knows you guys. He knows on it. He knows or he knows everybody and how they're all happy. He's seen the happy and the fitness. <laughs> he's, aware, he's aware of these people. Nope. I'm gonna go to the burger store on the way home. Get a burger, and I'm not gonna understand why I don't sleep that well forever. The end. Yeah, that's uh, that's like that's like Joey Panaglione in the Matrix when he's talking to the bad guy. The the just about like why did I, why did I take the blue pill? Right. You know, like I want to eat this steak and know that it's a real steak and just not like you're aware. There's certain people in the planet right now as consciousness changes and people are starting to grow and figure shit out that they see what's on the other side and they're like, no, fuck that. I'm going back to McDonald's. Right. Because you know? people like you show too much. You know that that like because you do you do too much. Like I admire you and, and and I think it's awesome what the things that you do and the things you've achieved and how deep you'll go to to like fix, make yourself a better person. But I also understand that for the average person seeing you, that's terrifying. You could scare them into wanting to be a part of it because it's almost unreachable to look like you and do what you do. Well, but that's but there's a the, fine. You could, that there, doesn't mean you shouldn't, you can't write him off because he's actually really onto something. It surprises me so many times when I get that you're like, well, I'm never going to be as fit as Kyle Kingsbury. So what, just don't do anything? Like, why don't you do a little bit of what Kyle does and and see how that works. It always surprises me that the average person that is like uh, intrigued in it would like to be fitter, would like to be healthier, like it's on their mind, but you're too fit for them to even bother to do any of it because you won't be you. And I'm like, what? 
What about if you're just a little happier and lighter you? you but people don't see that a lot. I feel like it's like really that's hard the whole, That's the whole thing, though. You got to have like the, it's, fuck, I didn't start with all this shit and I'm a fucking chest freezer in my house and do all the things that I do overnight. You layer them in one by one and you see what works and what doesn't. And it's different for everyone. But like having that piece by piece mentality that just comes from a continued hunger to do better. Like I do want my quality of life to be better. And I know that there's room for improvement in all areas. I don't need to try to tackle them all at once. I can just see what works in one department and then I'll move to a different apartment and see what works and kind of just inch my way along until what you see is where I'm at now. Yeah, but you, your, your benefits shake people. It's like Whitney. She's too hot on Instagram. People can't handle it. <laughs> they just pissed at her because she's too magnificent for you to comprehend. It's like the closest thing to normal people getting to be athletes is they drink Gatorade. Yeah. And that's a, <laughs> that's a lie. The least they athletic gotcha. thing. You're just drinking a Coke. Yeah. No bubbles. So I, I definitely want to talk about dancing because that's something that I've wanted to get into with Tosh. And Wait, I'm sure there's people what? shaking their heads. You want to dance? Fuck yeah. Wait, you don't dance? When did you want to start dancing? Did you just start? Did I trigger it? No, you didn't trigger you it. You want to fucking dance you, with me? You brought it back. I would love that's to dance. That's some shit going on right now? That would now? be great. Maybe that'll be uh, the next main event at Ellis Mania. Is us oh, like literally dance, just dancing? dancing. Yeah. I'd way rather that. That could be cool. me again. That fucking hurt. <laughs> we, we had, Still uh, got spots in this eye. You know that? Whenever the sun's on me, I can just fucking things floating around in there. Still? Mm-hmm. That's pretty. This is a good compliment. Not that I, I wanted like that to happen to you, though. I happens. I'm like, ah, fuck. <laughs> fucking lots of shit. But uh, we, yeah, we were looking at, we were looking at like what are cool things. Because, you know, we do. It's really important for, uh, and I don't, we don't need to get into the polyamory discussion, but even just like the, the relationship discussion, it's really important, especially for parents, to continue to have dates with their, with their significant other. Yeah. It's really important. And that's something that I failed to accomplish <laughs> until opening up the thing and seeing like, oh, this is glaring in my face now. It's a big deal. Let's make that happen. That You're said, not a hopeless romantic? No. <laughs> but that said, like, what do you do? You know, <laughs> like, it's cheap. Dinner in a movie is usually pretty cheap. And it's fun. We love going to the movies. But there's there's definitely more to life than that. So, like, it's, can we learn something new together? It's tough, Carl, when you're a destroyer. You know, you, you like me. You're attracted to me because I am a destroyer. And now you want me to get you flowers. I fuck shit up. I don't understand. What is love? I am a warlord. <laughs> and you're into it. You're into it. You're into warlord people. So I get you. It's going to be, you had, it's tough. Like for me, I didn't understand how to be romantic because I work very hard on being a Neanderthal, you know? I'm a crazy son of a bitch. What? Love? What? Hugging shit in public? I had to make some serious adjustments in my life before I did ayahuasca. I get, I feel sorry for you, man. You're too tough. <laughs> and some bitches just can't understand it. You know what I mean? Like, he needs to take you to the movies. I'm like, he's doing the best he fucking can, all right? You're lucky he didn't just rip a brick in half and throw it through a window because that's what's supposed to be happening right now. Like, I'm supposed to take shrooms, get naked, paint myself blue, and hit somebody in the fucking head with a rock. That's what I came here to do. And now I'm making these weird adjustments, going to the grocery store and getting roses. It's fucking tough out there for us, man. Yeah, you got it. But I was just thinking like past past what a, like a traditional date looks like. Can we learn something new? Can we do an activity together that brings us together, but also, it, you know, enriches each of us individually? And I think dancing is fucking cool for that because I'm not super coordinated. I'm coordinated at fighting. I'm coordinated at, you know, knowing how to run and cut lines in football and doing different things like that because I've drilled That's it over, similar, though. over and over again. You're yeah. going to pick it up faster with all those backgrounds you're gonna pick it up faster okay because i feel like that's it's to me 
dancing is like uh what's those the footwork pattern things you do you know the step you oh the ladders the ladders yeah, ladder i've been doing tons of that shit for angles with boxing and i can tell from me practicing salsa dancing that my f- f- feet have got faster like my footwork is a little bit faster even my coach said he's like dude you're a thousand times faster through this thing than you ha- than you used to be and i'm like i know why because i'm always poorly dancing salsa at home at my house i put headphones on i listen to mark anthony and they got this little mirror in my fucking radio room and i just fucking come on motherfucker. my hips this hips is a problem i'm a bit tight you know loosen it up. <laughs> hip mobility for salsa i dancing. don't know yeah because i get this all this you know this i'm super white there's something wrong with me it's like denying the rhythm you know i gotta fight this fucking uncoordinated beast that just wants to fight the genetics out of you like i can tell it's like you i'm 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 thinking about it too much just gotta let it go you know but have you microdosed during dancing yep how did that go uh see i only i only i don't want to dance around anybody because i don't have it and i just want to because i can tell i dance better when i'm by myself because i'm just trying to feel the music and try to do because there's steps and I keep thinking about the steps. You got to try and think about the steps until they become natural. And they're not natural yet. I still have mm. to go one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. It's in my head. So once that's gone, because I'll start dancing and forget about the one, two, three, and so will my legs. And then I'll be like, <laughs> God damn it, you look great up here, but your fucking legs aren't doing it. Well, come on, legs. And then legs start doing it, and then hips don't do it. I'm like, man, this is a, this is a new, this is a craft, and it's a craft that doesn't hurt. Mm. So this really intrigues me to be because there's I found out there's like these Cuban clubs where old guys wear like these these cool flower shirts with gold chains and super hot chicks grind on their leg and shit because they know how to d- dance salsa good. So I could just go have a couple of rums, smoke a cigar, and just have some hot bitch grind on my leg. And then, you know, hey, I'm are out there, of here. Are there any out here in that's, LA? That's my, yes. I'm going with you. This, you got, <laughs> I mean, you're not coming until I figure out how to dance first. <laughs> Same. But apparently girls go, and they don't know how to do it, but because they're cute and they're kind of doing it, they get away with it. Mm. But he was like, you just go in there, man. Just move around with everybody. Apparently it's like an apartment. And then you go to the back of the apartment and then go down some staircase like it's a secret club. Oh, hey oh. Yeah, yeah. My coach is Cuban. So the plot sick. thickened. It's going to be sick. But I'm not ready for it yet. <laughs> All right. More, more to work on. Way more work. Because when I watch my coach, that's when it's very obvious. I'll do it at home and I'm like, I think I got it. And then I'll be like, coach, look at this. Turn Mark Anthony on. And he's like, whew. Not yet. <laughs> Dude, it's been great having you here. Thanks for having me, mate. Yeah, Always fuck yeah. See, you know that. Where can people find you online and, uh, and listen at to Wolfmate you? on Instagram and uh, Ellismate on Twitter, which is super professional. Um, but the Jason L show on SiriusXM, you can listen for free on SiriusXM on demand. You can get the app and listen for two weeks for free. So you can check out my show, 103, Channel 103. And if you don't like it, fucking see you later. Fair enough. And then the podcast, uh, High and Dry with Mike Catherwood. It's uh, available every Friday downloadable everywhere i'm told fuck yeah brother thank you thank you guys for tuning into the show today remember hit me up on kingsboo.com k-i-n-g-s-b-u.com punch in your email i'm not going to bombard you with bullshit just get into there and you will receive my exact supplement protocol of what i take in the morning for cognitive function and energy what i take pre-workout to have better endurance and recovery and what i take at night, which is certainly the most important of any supplements, 
to sleep better, maximize fat loss, maximize memory consolidation, and all the beautiful things we get with sleep. And you'll also get my welcome newsletter, which is basically all the cool shit that I've been into, the books that I'm reading, what I'm gaining from that, and all the upcoming podcast guests that I have on the show. Don't forget, leave us a five-star rating. On October 31st, I will be selecting one of you who has left a five-star review and has told me one or two ways the show has helped you out in life. doesn't have to be life-changing. Maybe it's a weight loss thing. Maybe it's just a way that you look at the world a little differently. Anything that has helped you positively from the show, include that in the review And when I go to read it, I will read it loud and you will get a free 30-minute Skype call with me to discuss uh, any and all questions you have for me. Thank you guys so much. And I look forward to hearing from you on the Instagram at Kingsboo, on my website at Kingsboo, on Twitter at Kingsboo. And of course, stay tuned for next week.